0: God, the world is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> what's going on right now is just awful. And I think what's most... That's not true. That is not what's most awful about it. The most awful thing is all the murders and innocent lives that are being lost right now. Um, And over, I don't know, people that just don't care. But something that's really messed up that I see is just... I don't know, my job's online. And I'm having trouble grappling with the fact that... Uh, <laughs> that there are people, you know, be murdered and dying and there always have been, but like it's right in your face, right? Um, but it's the best part of messed up part about society because there's that going on and then there's people worried about like I don't know, their cat or something. Not that you aren't allowed to be worried about your cat, but it's just I see people, I saw this reel the other day where they took a clip from this um, Jim Carrey movie. I think it's, I forget what, it's a famous one, but it's the one where I think he, he's in a movie and he doesn't know it, but that's that reel where she's like, let me, are you interested in this hot cocoa or whatever? It's amazing. And it was making a joke about how influencers are like, you know, people are literally dying and <laughs> they're trying to sell you this thing. It's just, I don't know. It just makes you think of like, where is our humanity? What is going on? But for those of you guys are affected, yeah. Um, Uh, a few of my clients are jewish and uh it's just insane so i'm so sorry to all of you guys out there that are affected and um what's exploding around the world not just in that general location it's just insane to see all the hate popping up on both sides really um and it's a complicated long-standing issue but uh it's disturbing i don't know it's crazy but in contrast to that i want to talk about halloween (laughs) which again, seems so weird, but we're going to talk about Halloween uh, and candy and holidays in general. But here in the States, Halloween is a big deal. I know Halloween is not such a big deal in other places in the world. um, And I don't know why. Halloween is an awesome holiday. It's a holiday where you get to just dress up and be someone you're not and have fun and celebrate I don't know, the mystery and magic of the world. That's what I like so much about it is you just get to be a little kid again. And I love that. Um, I don't think I ever truly grew up, but problem is, is that there's tons of Halloween candy everywhere and lots of, and like as the holidays progress, even if you don't celebrate Halloween, whatever you celebrate, us as human beings, food is such a integral part of any sort of celebration that we do. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing either. I think it's actually a really important thing. I mean, we all have to eat, right? At the end of the day, food is something every single one of us can connect to because it's energy that we must consume. So it should be a wholly integrated experience, really. But um, it's just everywhere. And for someone who struggles with food, and it really sucks when you struggle with food, it is such a part of being a human, Um these times of year are the hardest. So I wanted to speak about that in preparation for Halloween and uh, candy. Uh, And candy, oh my gosh, Um, I'm saying that because that's what I'm going to talk about. But Halloween and holidays coming up in general. And I just want to talk about general concepts and some tips today that will help you with approaching that holiday, things not to do and things to do Um, That may make you not binge on whatever bucket of Halloween candy you got for trick-or-treaters this year. So that'll be good. Um, But I was going to say really quickly, um, this week on the private podcast, I talked about being in integrity with yourself. And it was an interesting episode, um, very short, like 10 minutes. My pi- private podcast listeners, um, private podcast in my group coaching program, it's always a more rough, roughly edited podcast episode with more free-flowing thoughts, which a lot of my podcasts always are, quite honestly. I'm not a very planned person. I never will be. But those podcasts are really unfiltered, for sure. Um, and it it had to pertain to something that happened in my life this week of like, I really needed need to make an act... Um, That was going to put me back in alignment with myself. And I noticed that once I finally stopped bullshitting myself really and like really made a decision of this is not who I want to be. This is who I want to be. And I need to act even if no one else knows, right, that I'm doing what I say is important to me. I made that decision this week and it really helped me. And I noticed, um, because I was struggling a little bit with overeating or have been, um, I guess this past week, and I just noticed it after making that decision, the overeating significantly decreased. decreased. It was crazy to watch the correlation. So I just want to offer you that this isn't the only reason that you're overeating or binging or whatever the hell you're struggling with with food. I'm not saying that. That um, I am saying if you're sometimes acting out of alignment with yourself, you're probably more likely to go to numbing behaviors. And it's funny how unconscious it was and I didn't see it till afterwards. But once I finally like got back in alignment with who I am, than all of those symptoms, it's like you're. It's like you're driving a car too fast, faster than what's, and it starts shaking, right? I feel like that was me. Like we're doing something that we know is not in alignment with ourselves, and I'm fine. Everything's fine. What it was was kind of minor, kind of not, but it was like there's no relapses on my part in case anyone's wondering. Uh, Just like emotional things with my transition in life and how to make a decision, a choice. And like, it's fine. It's all good. But it really helped me. Uh, So if you are noticing that, if you're doing things you don't like, even if no one else knows, consider not doing those things. (laughs) Try to get yourself back in alignment. It will help you. But yeah, if you want to know more about that, you can go to my group coaching program and check out. If you're a member, just listen to the private podcast this week. Um, and if you're not a member, why aren't you a member? Just kidding. If you are struggling with binging and purging um, and compulsive eating habits and need some help, the group coaching program is an amazing resource. And it's only $50 a month if you use the coupon on my website, but $60 a month usually. And we meet every single Monday at 11 a.m., Mountain Time. There's a private podcast every single week and there's replays of the calls and there's a whole course that you can use to guide yourself along and help you with certain uh, ways like pausing and stuff like that and not binging and purging and whatever else intuitive eating. Um, And then there's also Facebook Live every Wednesday. So if you're interested in listening to that podcast about integrity and kind of what happened and occurred, I didn't share too much more detail because you know I'm not going to share everything, but still the podcast is good and helpful. All right. Let's talk about Halloween tips: what not to do, what to do. Okay, the first thing, and something I need you to hear, and you're gonna roll your eyes, and you're gonna be resistant, and you're gonna be like, "No, Jacqueline, you don't understand. I have this party to go to. I, it's really, I feel better on it." Whatever, whatever you think, just bear with me, and I, and know that me saying this, it comes from a place of someone who used to habitually do these things. And knows better, so just give me your ear <laughs> for a little bit. Do not go on a fucking crash diet right now. Now is not the time to do keto, paleo, seventy-five hard, whatever the fuck, unless you have been medically advised to do so. Like, like if you have any more sugar in your diet, you will die. You need to stop eating these things, or you're gonna have a hy- uh, You're gonna have an allergic reaction, and you're gonna die. You're gonna become diabetic. Whatever it is, unless there's that going on. There's no immediate need for you to go on a crash diet and do not just like cut out all sugar and never, ever, ever have Halloween candy ever again or whatever. Don't just avoid every single possible trigger food for the next two weeks or until the event. Don't do that. Don't crash diet. Don't restrict. Don't do those things. And the reason I'm saying that is I want you to imagine, like, let's say you do that. Let's say you go on um, a keto kick or whatever. I've never been keto, like maybe briefly I've been keto, but not really. Um, but let's say you go keto for the next two weeks until Halloween or next week until Halloween, you don't have any sugar whatsoever. You may feel good and you may lose a few pounds, right? But if you go in it, especially with a poor mindset of like sugar's bad, sugar's the devil, I can't have those foods, I'm going to lose control if I have those foods, I'm going to gain weight if I have those foods, those foods are not allowed, um, I can't control myself around them, they're just so good, but you're not allowed to have them. Imagine that mindset, you just like can feel the anxiety and hyperventilation happening every single day as it increases. And then finally, you go to your Halloween party or it's trick or treat day, or you go to the office and they have a bowl of Halloween. Halloween candy readily available to you, or you're in the grocery store and you have some Halloween candy just staring in your face, what do you think you're going to do? What do you think you're going to want to do? Maybe you won't do it, but what do you think you're going to want to do, right? Or someone like you go and there's caramel apples and there's treats everywhere and all that sort of stuff. You are putting yourself in the most risky situation ever. You're really setting yourself up to binge and perch, um, to have the most massive massive um, bender maybe a weekend bender, maybe a week bender. Who knows? Because sometimes when you have these things, it doesn't just do, you don't just binge on the day, right? It goes again and again and again. You're setting yourself up to um, be in a position where those foods are so scarce and so enticing and you only have this opportunity to have them. And a FOMO is so strong that you just want to peel your skin off that you're just going to lose your mind over a bag of candy or whatever else there is. You are going to freak out. Um, never say never. You could have self-control, but is that going to last forever? Or is you going to be able to control yourself like that with that mindset for a long time? I'll advise you. My advice just isn't, isn't to you know eat bags of Halloween candy till you feel satisfied. So calm down. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying don't crash diet. Don't do something, especially right now, that you know you cannot sustain long-term, especially when you have parties to go to, where there's going to be delicious food, maybe send, Fundamental foods your family's making, foods that you never really get that often, don't put yourself in a position that you know you cannot maintain. It's like you're making a promise to yourself that you know you're not going to be able to do it. And then the promise that you're making yourself is putting you in direct risk of binging because. You've been good all week, right? You've been good for a few weeks or whatever. You haven't had any things, these things. So there's more of an excuse to indulge, right? But when you indulge, that food is so potent and you're so like in this scarcity zone where you're never going to have it again or you haven't had in a long time. Um, It's just going to taste like cocaine. (laughs) It's just going to be crazy. And you are probably going to go in a bender and you'll have all the justification. You'll probably be really hungry and you'll probably react quite intensely to it. And it's just going to be bad. So don't do that yourself. Um, it's just all around not a good idea. Well, so don't do that. Um, that would not be my recommendation for anyone. Um, and I'm not saying, to that you can't lose weight during the holidays if you do want to go on a diet or something, depending on what position you're in in recovery. But I'm not, I'm saying don't go on a crash diet or something that's completely unsustainable to do so. So let's be clear there. So what should you do instead? I would first focus on just an abundance mindset before we go into like actual tactics with food. I would focus on the fact that it is allowed and that you can have it at any time. Um, you should also prove that true, which we're going to talk about in a second with what you do with food, but it starts first and foremost with your mindset. I've talked about this before, um, but it's worth repeating because not everyone listens to every episode of my podcast. I always need to remember that. There's new people here um, and I need to repeat myself so you remember and I remember, but I always used to be pretty mad at people that say, you know, you're not eating enough. That's why you need, you're struggling with binging. And I was like, dude, I am eating more than I need every single day. I'm borderline overweight, if not overweight. And um, yeah, I stuff my face every single day. I'm eating more calories than my body needs every single day. What do you mean I'm not eating enough? Well, what I was missing was this kind of scarcity of mindset I had around food. So even though I was actually eating enough food and food was very abundant in my life every single day, I would limit certain foods, that's for sure. So like I had enough food, but there was certain, certainly scarcity around specific foods that I never allowed myself to have. And then when I did have those foods during a binge or something, I still was under the the idea of this is the last time you're going to have it, even though every single day I'd have it again or something. But while I was eating it, I was thinking, this is going to go away. You never know. It's all going to happen. I think of my grandparents who went through the Great Depression and my grandmother in particular grew up in pretty extreme poverty. She was literally homeless most of her... Um, Most of her childhood, she was a roaming uh, migrant kind of worker during the Great Depression in America. So she would sleep on the ground sometimes in, in like barns, wherever she could find work. And so my grandparents, when I grew up, they were the typical Great Depression grandparents that just hoarded every single little container and stuff like that. Um, even though they had enough money, resources were abundant, but they just had this mindset of, you never know when it's going to get all taken away. So you must save every single penny. You must save everything. Even though it was every, all the evidence in front of them said, you didn't need to do that. This is unnecessary. So the mind's a really powerful thing. And I think what I was doing um, when I was struggling with uh, bulimia in particular, but um, just binging and overeating in general is that I was Eating those foods, and it was right in front of my face all the time. But I thought, you know, this is the last time you shouldn't be having this. This is wrong. This is bad. Blah, blah, blah. I had all these thoughts attached to it that made that food feel scarce, not allowed, and less enjoyable because. Mean you're just, when you're thinking those things, the experience isn't as good. I think about sex as an example, which TMI for maybe some of you, but um, when you are having sex and you're actually just there present in the moment, it's going to be a lot more fun. But if your mind's elsewhere, it's not very fun, um, at least for women I'm, and I'm sure many other people. So that there's that. Um So I want you to think about food that way. Get yourself an abundance mindset. It may be helpful. A little practical tool for you is to write down what your current thoughts are when you're eating food, especially food that you think is rich or kind of scary or whatever. And then write down what would, uh, and like write down how those thoughts make you feel too, and how you behave when you have those thoughts with food. And then practice different thoughts around food. Like, this is available. Let's just enjoy this. This is fine. We are allowed to have this. We can have it again tomorrow. Those thoughts, even though they seem silly, and and, and maybe you say those thoughts to yourself all the time, but they don't feel real. I'll get to why that is in a little bit, but it does have to start with your mindset first. And I think if you focus on thoughts that make you enjoy the experience and make it seem like it's not, the day before you're going to die, then you're going to um, be a lot less intense around those foods slowly but surely. The first few times may be more intense, but if you keep practicing it over and over again, it will be more helpful. All right. And then if you allow it and are doing these things, um, the other piece of this mindset thing is that you actually have to back up your mindset with action. And I think there's merit in especially this this season of the holidays to allowing these foods more often in maybe a controlled manner so that you can prove to your mind that, hey, it's not just that we're saying it's abundant, it is abundant. And it depends on the person. You can I'm going to give a few examples and you can try on what you think is best for you. But uh, sometimes like it just helps people to have a scheduled treat every single day for a little while. Sometimes it helps to have a bucket of Halloween candy in the house and you just get to pick up that off of that till you get bored of them and it's fine. Um, sometimes that's too intense for people and they just get to go out and have their treat food every single day and they just make sure that they schedule it into their calendar and they have it or maybe it's every few days. Depends on what you're comfortable with. But I think right now if you are really scared of the food or you're worried about Halloween candy because it have so much control over you, take back your control by scheduling it in and having it purposefully and enjoying it and practicing these mindsets and then show yourself over and over and over again that it is available. Look, we're having it again. We're having it again. See, it is available. I told you yesterday, you can have it if you want it. And look, you wanted it. So we're having it. You're like that parent who's trying to repair a damaged relationship with their child. Just because you tell a child, hey, I'm going to be nice now and I'm going to be cool. And actually that thing I never allowed you to do, you're allowed to do now. I promise I won't get mad. But that parent has a history of getting mad and freaking out every single time that child did that thing that child isn't just going to believe them. They're going to maybe tentatively test the waters and wait for your reaction. You are the same way. So if you suddenly tell yourself, "This Reese's peanut butter cups are available anytime you want. I don't know what your problem is. They're available anytime you want. You have a long history of saying that bullshit, but then never allowing it. And they do feel rare. They do feel scarce. So you never ever allow, allow yourself to have them. So the second half of the battle is really you allowing yourself to have them without purging without doing any of the compensatory behaviors, just truly allowing it, sitting and enjoying it. And then the next day having it again or whenever else you want it again. I'm not saying you have to have it on a daily basis, but if that's what you want, I do think it's helpful to incorporate it even for an experimental amount of time. For some of you guys that are listening and they're like, oh my God, she's, she's telling me I should have candy every single day. What on earth? I'm gonna be 400 pounds. What is she talking about? Try it for a week. See how you feel. And do a a small, moderate amount. Just do it to challenge yourself because it really is an act of you taking back control. The food does not control you. Yes, sugar affects you. If I just have a bucket of candy right now, I'm going to feel awful and I'm probably going to go into a coma. Um, I'm not saying that. But it um, it doesn't force you to binge. It doesn't force you to do any of those things. It's not uncontrollable. It's not euphoric. The more you can just eat it and plan it ahead of time, incorporate it in your life, and really control your mindset around it while you're eating, that's a key distinction and it will make it easier long term. And you may find that you eat a little bit more sugar right now, but then you have less over time. I just think for people that are struggling with restriction and bulimia in particular, for the most part, this seems to be something that works for them. There is maybe a small percentage of the population that really can't handle sugar. But I think that it, that is much rarer than what most people think. And most people are not food addicts especially if they change their behavior and their mindset around the food itself. It changes it. I think a good example sometimes is when you go on vacation, foods that you would never, ever eat. Sometimes I find clients are better on vacation because they just take the pressure off and suddenly they behave, behave around junk food way differently and it's not a problem. That could be you too. So I don't even know where we're at right now. I got way off track. Um, let's see <laughs> what would I have on my list. Um, oh, and on the flip side, while I'm saying this, allow this food however regularly you want to allow it but definitely allow it back up your thoughts that you're trying to think but also um do try to incorporate into incorporate it in moderation and into a regular diet so i mean if you really want to have more candy <laughs> be that higher percentage of your diet fine but please, please, please have some vegetables, have a regular meals along with it. Add in if you're not, you know, have like two good nutrient dense meals per day, plus a breakfast, you know, whatever it is, but don't just eat candy on an empty stomach. After fasting the entire morning and expect it to go well. I just don't think you could again, never say never. But I just don't think most of us would do too well with that. We wouldn't. Um, I'm saying have it under a circumstance that feels comfortable to you. Incorporate it into your routine have all the things, do all the things that make you feel good. Um, Don't, you know, just give up all of the healthy routines you have. Just add it in, allow it. Um, Don't take away things because you're allowing it. Um, It can just be part of it. It doesn't have to be the only centerpiece. And I wouldn't recommend, especially usually holiday foods are um, pretty sugary. So don't just rely on that as your main diet, or it's going to be hard. And you're going to then prove your brain true that you know, oh, when you eat these foods, you feel terrible. It's like, well, maybe it's because you're eating only these foods. No one feels good when they're only eating Reese's peanut butter cups. It just doesn't work. Um, and then the other thing I said is, I wrote I on this list, is to um, think about this for your long-term longevity and health And a lot of people are thinking, you know, well, this is like incorporating more candy into my diet. I don't see how this is healthy. Um, And I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to lose ten pounds. That's what I hear most commonly too from people. Is it's always like I'm trying to lose those last ten pounds, and it's crazy because a lot of people won't look that different if they just lose ten more pounds. It's just, it's just madness. Um, But. a lot of people, they're always trying to lose those last 10 pounds. Um, If you are wanting to lose weight in the future, are you wanting to make health changes in the future? I want you to view this as a positive benefit in your life for future weight loss or health goals. Learning from me how to allow junk foods in my life without losing my mind taught me much more about self-control than never allowing them in the first place and being scared of them and avoiding them like the plague so you think it's kind of like yeah maybe you'll you'll be a little bit higher and higher in weight right now while you're trying to um incorporate these foods and you might overeat a little bit and you might do these things like your weight might fluctuate it might even go up during this time but i'm going to make a bold bet and say that that's maybe a debt that's worth taking on right now so that you can learn how to be around these foods and have them in moderation so that when and, and lower your scarcity around food and your intensity around food so that when it does come time that you feel ready that hey you still want to make some health changes maybe weight loss is a part of that i'm not opposed to it you're not salivating at the image of an Oreo, you know, and hyperventilating in the grocery store over ice cream. That's not a good place to be at if you want to lose weight. And me taking the time to intuitively eat and understand how to have these foods without losing my mind it made me so much less worried about food. And then going into weight loss process after that, actually, I was able to approach it from a much calmer mindset because I didn't feel absolutely crazy around food. So this, people want to kind of lose the weight and then stop being bulimic. I really don't think it works that way, um, especially for those of us where bulimia is not managing our weight very well. And even if it is managing your weight that, that well, um, I'd say that there are better ways to manage your weight while not harming yourself. But um, for me, bulimia never Really taught me how to understand um, self-control and lose weight and um, moderate food and be able to incorporate foods that make me feel good. I've never felt healthier being bulimia-free and still incorporating some of these foods in my life than I was when I was with bulimia. It's just insane. It taught me so much more. So what I'm trying to say is, um, even though it seems like this is a short-term loss, especially if you're very obsessed with weight. It's actually going to help you for future health goals and weight goals if you so choose because you then have the power really to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. And it's not a big deal. You can make decisions on the fly. You don't have to plan it out. Super crazy. Um, you can just be okay with those foods. You can eat pretty intuitively. You know how to listen to your body's hunger signals and its fullness cues without heavily relying on an app. It's just excellent. Excellent. Um, So I, I really would look at it that way. And this goes into my next point is don't rely on purging during this process. Purging also creates scarcity, one. Like there's this mental thing of... You're constantly showing your body that you're eating tons and tons of food, but then it all disappears, especially if you're purging through vomiting. It's the most messed up thing you can do to your poor digestive system and your mind because it's it's teaching you no matter how much I eat, I still lose that food. And so it encourages you to continually overeat and overeat and overeat because who knows what you're going to keep down, right? So that's number one, don't purge, but also Don't rely on purging while you're trying to build comfort with these foods so that long-term, not only can your digestive system get better and heal, purging obviously wreaks havoc on your body for many, many reasons, but that's a big one. Um, But also so that you can learn how to moderate your food without purging, without having that kind of tap out button. Purging, it really, I've said this before and I have an episode about, I think it's the episode on um, why purging is never worth it, but it really, it's the Purging is almost the start of the cycle for me. I used to think it was binging, but I like to think of purging as the start of the binge purge cycle. Because the purging kind of puts you in this sudden deficit and people think it's wiping the slate clean and starting over, but it's really restarting the concept of we got out. We're, we're really able to start over now that we've done this, like we've already, we've done this thing, so we'll just never do it again. I think it's far better to just let the binge be, let the overeat be, because then you have to deal with the consequences and what it feels like to overeat. And that can be an encouraging factor. I'm not saying that, that just stopping purging alone will stop binging, but I do think purging definitely creates binging and definitely encourages overeating. And without purging as a tool in your toolbox, you're less likely to binge as intensely depending on how you binge um, than you were if you had purging to rely on. For me, that's why I'll never ever go back to purging. Like maybe, hopefully not, I'll have an actual full-blown binge at some point. Um, In the future, like so far, I've been okay, but you know, you never know. But i I have full faith that I never can go back to purging because it will just restart everything. And it will suddenly make the overeats and the bingings much more okay than they have been, even though it doesn't actually really help you um, that much. Anyway, so there's that thing. And then lastly, I'd say prep yourself. Like if you are going to incorporate these foods, especially if you're very, very scared or you've never incorporated them before, make that list I was talking about earlier in the episode about your thoughts you want to think during. Calm yourself down before eating it. Sometimes plan this food 24 hours ahead of time so you're prepared. You're not, like, blindsided by it. Um eat it in a safe environment. Don't eat it at 11 o'clock at night alone when everyone else is asleep and you have full freedom to do whatever you want. Eat it in a way that feels safe to you. Moderate the portion sizes ahead of time so maybe you don't aren't, aren't tempted so much. Just do all the things you can do to make it as safe as possible for you to have this food. Not that you will always have to do that, but I'd say the first time, make it as easy as possible for yourself. Don't go on expert mode when you're a beginner. Just go on beginner mode. And the last thing I'll say, and then I have a little story about Halloween candy myself. This is going to be a long episode. Oh, damn. Um, <laughs> if you binge and purge, forgive yourself, review what happened, and move on. And move on by nourishing your body, getting some rest, and today is a new day. Uh, I just don't think binge and purging happens, but there's a lot to be learned every single time you binge and purge. So if this does happen, review it, ask yourself when it started, what you think led to it, what you did, what thoughts you know provoked it, what feelings provoked it. Uh, is there anything you could have done or wished you had done? If there was, what worked, what didn't work, about what you wished you had done, why didn't you do what you wish you had done? And then come up with a plan for next time and then move forward. It's okay. It happens. It's not the end of the world and it's a great learning opportunity. All right. And then I want to tell you about Halloween candy, um, that my personal experience. So I've shared with you on this podcast these past few months, like it's just been a roller coaster of emotions. And, um, this, these past few weeks, this past week, like I was feeling better. And then like some emotional, stupid drama shit came up this week and it was just harder, but I was in the grocery store Sunday night and I don't, I don't know. I've never, I was in the grocery store let's tell the story. And I saw these big bags of Halloween candy and I was like, oh, Reese's kind of sounds good. Interesting. And so I looked at the candy and then I started thinking to myself, I don't think I've ever bought a big bag of Halloween candy in my life as an adult. Um, I never bought a big candy ever actually in my life. So that's true. But you know, I buy more candy as a like little girl, I think, um, if I wanted to. But as an adult, I just realized like, I don't think I've ever bought a big bag of Halloween candy. And a friend had given me um, someone had given me this like Halloween bucket with um, some treats for my move. So I was like, I have a Halloween bucket too. And I have roommates now. Maybe they'd appreciate candy. And also, we might have trick or treaters. So they might appreciate the candy too. I'm not, I don't think we're going to go through all of it between now and October 31st. So I thought, I mean, Should I buy some? And part of me was like, Well, we don't do that. We're not the type of person that buys a whole bag of Halloween candy because that's kind of unhealthy, right? We don't need that much candy. No one needs that much candy. If it's around, all of it's around, you're more likely to overeat on it. And it's just best not to have it in the house. Like it's not, it's not that we're scared of it. It just doesn't seem like a smart thing to do. And I was looking at it and I was just like, fuck it. I want some. I want some Reese's that sounds good right now. And I'm gonna buy some. And I'll tell you, on the way home, uh, from like, I just had like a really emotional time. Um, cause I was on my way to something. And then after I still had the bag of candy in my car and on my way home after a car, I like opened the bag of candy, not smart to like eat that while driving. I'll just be honest, but I probably had seven or eight pieces of the little mini candies. Um, and, I felt really guilty. I was like, you just had seven or eight pieces of this candy and you just opened it and you're telling people how to stop binge eating and eat better. Like, What what is going on with you? What's happening? But part of me was like, I just want this candy. This candy tastes good. I didn't binge it. It didn't feel like a binge. I enjoyed every single piece of it. The last piece felt a little bit like, this is not tasting good anymore, which is why I stopped, which is also kind of helpful. That's the power of mindful eating with candy. But I was like, whatever. This is why we bought it. We wanted to prove old Jacqueline wrong. We wanted to see what we'd be like if we're the type of person that buys a big bag of candy. And so I bought it, put the rest of it in our living room, Halloween bucket, and it's there. And then every single day since now it's Thursday, um, I was taking little pieces of candy. And the interesting part is every single day I eat less candy and the candy tastes less and less good every single day because it's shitty candy. It's just... Hershey's candy, right? It's Reese's. It's not high quality at all. And um, I think yesterday I was eating one of the candies. I was like, this tastes kind of gross. I'm not into it anymore. And then it's just been, yeah, I had a few pieces a day. It's fine. But it's just, it's hilarious. And so I was like, this is the principle though. This is me practicing what I preach of, I was feeling a little bit of scarcity with that candy. That's totally fine bought the candy, had probably too much the first day, and then it slowly went down. And I definitely didn't shame myself. I made sure I knew it was allowed every single time if I wanted more. I did have more when I wanted more. I didn't just eat candy over the past few days. I also had other vegetables and meals and all that sort of stuff. I had like a cozy gluten-free pasta yesterday. It was so good with pesto. Mm. Anyway, so I'm having other food and lo and behold. I really don't feel like candy's that big of a deal anymore. I wasn't that crazy about it, but apparently I had some drama about candy and I I did it. So if it worked, I think it. if it worked for me, if it worked, it will work for you. That is not correct logic. That is very broken logic. Don't, if someone says that, run for the hills. But I'm saying this is a method that can work for a lot of people. It seemed to help me and it seems to help a lot of my clients and it will help you. If you are someone who feels like you're a sugar addict, um, I would just question that a little bit and um maybe if you really feel that go in and get diagnosed by someone like maybe you're insulin resistant maybe there's something else going on see how your body actually responds when you've sugar insulin monitoring i don't know because i just i'd be really wary to label yourself as a total sugar addict i think a lot of people just behave incorrectly around sugar and that's what makes them so crazy not saying it doesn't exist but I don't know if everyone really needs to fall into that especially those that are struggling with binging and bridging itself but um there's nuances to things as usual okay this is a crazy long episode not probably not even that long by most people's standards but for me a half hour long episodes or more that's a long episode it's a lot of talking i hope you're doing well um and i hope you have a good weekend happy weekend before halloween um mine's gonna be more quiet i've been really social these past few weeks but i'm feeling the urge to just kind of be by myself and quiet and all that sort of stuff. So I will do that, but I hope you have an amazing weekend doing whatever you're doing. And I hope that you utilize some of these tips for the next, um, for the holidays upcoming. All right. Bye everyone. Never give up on yourself.